Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Hope you guys had a happy new year and a nice long holiday weekend. The grain markets will reopen this morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time following the uh, long holiday weekend. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Ratings and reviews, very much welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, drop me a comment. All of that stuff will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central Time in that email email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Uh, there were two videos at the end of last week that you might be interested in. Uh, the first one, I did kind of uh, what I call the dissection of the soybean rally. Talked about some of the technicals, some of the fundamental factors, and some of the things that I'm watching. And then uh, another one that I did, I believe on Friday, I had Chris Barron and Shay Folk on from AgView Solutions. They're regular contributors here. Uh, we talked about pairing options and futures positions with cash sales. So a lot of you guys, if you farm, you have a futures and options account, but then your cash sales are kind of separate from that. And we talked about pairing those, kind of putting them together to uh, spit you out your actual realized price uh, on your cash bushels at the end of the day when you pair them both together. We also did a uh, quick review of 2023 corn and soybean budgets. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, new stuff every single business day, sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. The grain markets had some sharp gains in 2022, so we'll do a quick review here. On a continuation basis, the corn market gained 86 cents uh, per bushel on the year. So we finished 2021 spot futures at 593. We finished 2022 at 679. Uh, there's kind of a narrative here when you look at the chart, which I've got on my screen. This is a weekly continuation chart. Uh, first half of the year, you know, we had a lot of inflation hedge money, I would probably argue, coming into the markets. And you saw a big rally in a lot of commodity markets kind of simultaneously that first half of the year. It was accelerated when Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, second half of the year, you saw kind of risk off in a lot of commodity markets. Um, and I think that the grain markets were no exception. The corn market had its own story in that uh, we had a light U.S. crop this year. And I think that's part of the reason why, pr why prices are still elevated. Soybean market gained a dollar and ninety cents per bushel in 2022. In 2021, spot futures finished at 13.29. Uh, we finished at 15.19 on Friday. So really nice year for the soybean market. You know, we were up in the 17s uh, in spot futures in the spring and summer. Again, that was uh, Russia invading Ukraine. We also had a short Brazilian crop last year. So uh, nice gains in the soybean market last year. Uh, wheat was a little bit different. Still up for the year, but not by uh, as much necessarily. So we finished 20. 21 at 802 in HRW wheat. We finished at 888 on Friday. So still a gain of 86 cents on the year. But uh, HRW wheat, looking at this chart, you know, we were clear over $13 at one point in the spring following the invasion, uh, finished uh, way removed from those highs. So an interesting year, tons of volatility. You look at these three charts and they look pretty
pretty similar. I mean, you had highs in the spring, early summer, and then you backed off. And now we're kind of creeping back up, at least in terms of the row crop markets. I think that to start off the year, the uh, South American weather story is going to be a big deal. Now, some corn, actually most of your corn and soybean growing areas of Argentina saw some rain over the weekend. Over the last four or five days, there was accumulation of one inch, two inch uh, in total over a lot of your key corn and soybean growing areas in Argentina. And the drought, the dry weather in Argentina has been kind of the hot topic in the soybean trade. Now, moving forward, I've got the map of uh, expected precipitation for the next seven days on my screen. Uh, very, very little precipitation expected over the next week. There's some chances in the extended GFS run for some better rain, uh, but it's going to be hot and dry for a week to 10 days in Argentina moving forward. So I'm not sure if the market's going to trade what happened the last four or five days, which is, you know, an inch, two inches of rain in some of these areas. And a lot of that was in the forecast, or are we going to trade the forecast moving forward, which is mostly hot and dry? Um, it's it's going to be kind of a, a mixed bag of, of weather stuff here this morning when it comes to Argentina. Uh, Brazil's forecast is mostly wet during the next week, barring your far southern areas. So kind of same story here. I think among traders, the general consensus is that Brazil is going to harvest a record soybean crop. Yields in Argentina could be off 10%, 15%, 20% versus preseason expectations. January, February, March, uh, kind of your big months in terms of crop development in Argentina. Ukraine's grain exports were down sharply during the first uh, six months of their uh, wheat marketing year, at least. So during the period from July 1st through December 31st, data from Ukraine's Ag Ministry indicates a 30% decline in grain exports versus the same period last year. And that shouldn't be a surprise necessarily. Uh, wheat exports were down 47%. Corn exports, interestingly enough, were up 16% versus the same period last year during that time frame, July 1st uh, through the end of the calendar year. I think that this has to do with the idea or factor that uh, corn was stuck in Ukraine in that period following the invasion when they're usually when they're usually shipping a lot of it. And then it kind of made its way out of the country contra seasonally um, after that grain uh, shipping deal was signed in July. So you had contra seasonal corn shipments uh, this year, which is why you were actually up uh, year over year during. During that period from July 1st through the end of the year. But uh, Ukraine's production and exports are likely to remain well below, you know, pre-war levels, probably for years to come, if I had to guess. COVID runs rampant in China. Uh, funeral homes in China are paralyzed amid a spike in deaths. The media has been very critical of China's abrupt reopening. A lot of people believe that this could have been accomplished in a safer manner. Beijing spent three years warning its citizens of COVID's perils and, and then just totally reversed policy. Uh, China's media has been downplaying the severity of the surge in cases and deaths. The virus is spreading really unchecked within a population that a lot of people argue has reduced immunity. I mean, they were locked down for three years. So is, is that an issue? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I've, I've read that in several places. Again, uh, the China reopening story is uh, bullish some days, bearish other days. Uh, reopening, of course, is good big picture, but this spike in cases and and deaths is, of course, not a good thing. Large money managers or the funds are adding to length in the row crop markets. Funds bought 50,000 contracts of corn in net in the week ending last Tuesday, the 27th. That's a pretty sizable shift in sentiment. Funds were net buyers of 2,000 contracts of soybeans, 4,000 contracts of SRW wheat. Some people might might point to the uh, CFTC data paired with the open interest data and say that there's some new money coming in here. Uh, we will see if some new money comes into the market, you know, uh, beginning of the quarter, beginning of the year here. 
The S&P 500 lost 19.4% last year. This was the worst year for the S&P since 2008 when it lost 38.5%. This was the first losing year since 2018 when the index lost 6.2%. The Dow Jones only lost 8.8% last year. The NASDAQ lost a whopping 33%. So you guys know the story. Aggressive rate hikes from the Fed. Ideas of a slowing economy. uh, Money's not free anymore. And uh, that's uh, resulted in kind of a risk-off attitude in the stock market. Despite those annual losses, the Dow and the S&P posted positive returns in the fourth quarter of the year. We had some light cash cattle trade, I think at 157 late last week, not enough to really establish any sort of trend. Um, Ahead of the cash opener in the outside markets, we've got the U.S. dollar sharply higher. The S&P is up 15 points. The Dow's up 150. Bonds up a full handle, which means rates are down. Uh, gold's up 11 bucks. Crude oil's down $1.13 in the March WTI at 79.32. Happy New Year, everybody. I will talk to you guys uh, Wednesday morning.